Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I got my co-host, James. Hello! And in today's episode, we are talking about volume 14 of Kaguya-sama Love is War. I nailed it! <laughs> uh, well, first off, yes, I nailed it. Second off, kudos to you for making me doubt myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, If you've listened to last week's podcast, I had a theory, and Peter's like, ah, but what about this? And I seriously started to question myself. I was like, you know what? I think Peter has a point. So, uh, so kudos to you on that. But I, I did, I did call this this you, volume. You did, you did. I, I was impressed by that. At least parts of it. <laughs> and like the the, the fact that you like kind of nailed that so well, kind of that, that was kind of the reason why I wanted to sort of try to lead you astray a little bit <laughs> well it worked <laughs> uh for for those like i'll guess we'll just explain briefly what, what it was it was the the identity of the balloon thief or well the thief in general that mm-hmm. the mystery guy uh james called it it would it was indeed miyuki that we learned for a fact in this volume but i was i was able to make himself a second guess himself a little bit by proposing the possibility of hayasaka but mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> um for this discussion I might be throwing a little bit of a curveball here, but I would like to start by talking about the romance. Mm, I, 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 again, I had a similar similar thought, but I wasn't sure if we wanted to keep with the same format. <laughs> but I, I agree. I think I think romance is is so key to this volume. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think it's a great place to start. Awesome. All right then, and obviously they're like as as with at least the last one or two books, we have sort of divided the romance talk into the various existing ships. Um, mm-hmm. but I figured we, we got to start talking about Kaguya and Miyuki. Like oh, there is, there's no other option. <laughs> yeah. So obviously they do have their quote unquote showdown on the roof. <laughs> and the interesting thing pointed out by the narrator, they both are there without their respective most powerful yeah. weapon. Kaguya lacks her scheming sort of, and mm-hmm. Miyuki lacks his intense energy. Confidence. It was energy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but I guess confidence is basically what that is. Um, and it's also interesting that it's kind of, they sort of have each other's weapons, sort of. Well, at least Miyuki definitely has the scheming part here. Because mm-hmm. he, has, you know, he he's so well-prepared, much like Kaguya usually is in her schemes. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Kaguya having that confidence or intense energy isn't as clear, perhaps, but I, I think... I mean, it's definitely not early on. Like, in the beginning, she, you know, she couldn't even speak. But she did... She she was the one to kiss Miyuki, you know, at kind of the climax of that. I mean, yeah, it's true. So I think that kind of spontaneous uh, ability to do that, I think, is sort of what Miyuki was lacking in that moment. And you bring up a point in that the past two volumes, Miyuki has been kind of gung-ho and, uh, you know, I'm... I'm not going to be embarrassed by these things. You, you know, I'll, mm. I'll ask you out on a date. I'll, I'll take you around the school festival. I'll do this. I'll do that um, without showing his embarrassment. Uh, and that's not something that Kaguya could do. But in this case, it was Kaguya who, yeah, kind of made the first move in that, in that aspect. Right. But yeah. I also think that it's, it's interesting the narrators say that they both have lost their weapons because... In the end, Miyuki still had the confidence to do the whole trick in, in the end anyway. So sure, it's kind of sure. like, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's all like semantics and, and <laughs> nitpickiness <laughs> in the end. But I, I, did, I did think Miyuki was 
better, well, again, better prepared, but uh, still in his element at that point. Like, he still had the upper hand. Um, but I guess, I guess again, to your point, Kage was able to, uh, you can even say he kind of won, she kind of won that battle with the way she, I guess, answered him in the end. Yeah, she kind of attacked him with that kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For reals. So... <sighs> Did did they really confess? Okay, so hear, hear me out. Right. <laughs> I, of the two, I think. Oh gosh, actually, it's it's, a, it's hard. So uh-huh. Miyuki knows about the heart thing. Like he knows about it. Mm-hmm. You know the, the the legend at the school. They give a heart to a person. You confess basically basically confessing. He knows about it. Yeah. Clearly, mm-hmm. Kaguya knows about it now. At least a, a few days ago. So that means that. To them, this is this is an idea that they should both know. So by yeah. you doing the balloons, even though you don't say anything, because again, Ishigami in the last volume gave a heart to Tsubame without thinking he was confessing, but everyone else, even Tsubame, thought he was confessing. Yeah. So in this case, Miyuki is confessing, and yet he's like, I can't conf- be the first one to confess. It's like, what? <laughs> you just did! Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it is it is still in this very kind of vague way. Like, yeah, sure. It, it is vague. I'll get has, it. it. It is still kind of vague. Like, I, you are right, though, in that, in, like, in this situation, a heart, giving someone a heart means mm-hmm. giving each them, them their love. But, but it is still, like, it, it, I guess... Well, how much have we seen of Miyuki kind of his stance on the Hoshin legend? Uh, like, obviously, I, he took it to heart, no pun intended, um, because he did this whole thing. <laughs> but I wonder how seriously he thinks of it as, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I don't know how serious. That's a good question. I don't know how serious, but I think at the at the very least, he probably assumes Kaguya knows about it as well because mm-hmm. in the previous chapter we had the whole heart balloon incident where yeah. she wanted to get him to make the balloon but he's like oh so if you make a balloon for me that me or no if I make a balloon for you it means you're confessing your love to me um or if you give me well in the at the end like he was trying to get get the heart from her so i think he i think he takes it fairly seriously um at least just based on that chapter that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it is it is very debatable, this whole thing. I mean, like, right. Yeah, you're right. Did anyone actually confess or did both of them confess? I mean, <laughs> you know, right. obviously his whole balloon thing is is one possibility. And also Kaguya's kiss is the other. Like, yeah, it is two confessions in a way, which is like the whole arc is like mm-hmm. called like the two confessions arc or something along those lines. Oh, OK. Oh really? I didn't. I didn't know that. That's what it was named. That's I think ap- aptly named. Let me double check that real quick, actually. Oh okay. Uh, because it says at the end of as the arc ends in the around the middle of this volume, it says, "End of the Culture Festival and Two Confessions Story Arc." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know, I do remember that, and hmm. I didn't think it was Miyuki and Kaguya, but I think you may be right. Actually, I thought it was. I thought it was talking about the. Kaguya and Miyuki ship, but also, or, or or not even that. Maybe the Ishigami 
two confessions that he accidentally made, which we'll talk <laughs> about in a sec. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's what I thought. At least I thought mm. either both or one of those confessions was talking about the Ishigami thing going on. Right, um, right. But I, I guess maybe, maybe it goes either way. I, yeah, I, I also had that thought actually. Like, well, mm. up until like when we talked about the previous volume or, or around there, uh, mm-hmm. I had always like on my first reread completely, I always just thought of the two confessions as Miyuki and Kaguya confessing to each other. Um, but mm. so it wasn't until recently that I also kind of considered that it could just be confessions within two very two different ships or you know something mm-hmm. along those lines. But but yeah, it is it is cool how you can interpret it different ways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess since since we're talking about that bit, I, I or just that part, I think when when I read that, I thought to myself, this feels like a halfway point or like, like a checkpoint in a way, where the the story has led up to this moment and now everything is building, building up again after this, to to another moment, and so it's it's very. Very interesting that that's where it leaves off in the two confession type of uh, scenario. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, it, it was it, very well done, and I and it got me very excited to keep going. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm kind of jumping up, jumping around here, but going back to the did they really confess? Right. Now, now Kaguya's side, I think to anybody, a kiss, kissing someone, especially in that situation, would be oh yes, you just confessed to me. Especially when she says this is my answer, or actually. This is how I feel about you. Was that is, yeah, that, is that what you that, said? That's what she said. And so, it, it boggles my mind that when they get back and everything, they're. Well, I guess it doesn't really boggle my mind. I, I because obviously Kug is flustered about realizing what she did. <laughs> but you think Miyuki would have been a little more confident in the fact that they both confessed to each other? But uh, again. What happened is kind of surprising. I mean, it was surprising to me. Uh, right. You know, the kind of French kiss you really don't <laughs> see coming, especially from Kaguya. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still a confession. So I hope, I hope mm. eventually to talk about it. And I guess the the manga kind of lets you know that that was going to happen after a certain point. It's like, the rest of this is basically comedy, people. Don't expect too much. <laughs> right, right. But there was still some interesting stuff within that, like, silly stuff, though. There was! Like, I'm glad, I'm glad Akasaka didn't go full-on, just mm-hmm. dumb, dumb, crazy stuff. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, like, I just want to talk more about that roof scene. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kaguya... You know, at the beginning of it, she was just completely speechless for a very long mm-hmm. time. And I guess just seeing her that way and also being able to follow along with her thoughts, uh, I thought was really touching. Like, she was, you know, she had so many questions. Like, there is one part mm. in there where she just has, she in her mind, she just spits out question after question because she, you know, she's <laughs> just so confused. She doesn't know what to do. So there's that. Mm. And, and, you know, there's a part where she reflects on how Miyuki changed her life and mm. and she has so much that she wants to tell him, but she's unable to do, to do that. Um, well, yeah. f- for for quite a a while there. Um, and mm. I don't know it. It was really, really touching and moving to see all that. And then she starts crying, and yeah. Oof, yeah, agreed. I mean, it's so hard for her to one accept her feelings, but to put herself out there and really 
show to Miyuki her true self. Um, mm. Because, as they were saying before, everyone is tries to hide themselves, and both of them are kind of hiding themselves in a way, at least what the narrator said. Yeah. But they both are so self-conscious that they don't want to reveal that side to the other person for fear that they the other person would hate them or dislike them. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, Kaguya thinking that Miyuki would think she's a terrible person or Miyuki thinking that Kaguya wouldn't see her see him as uh, her equal, which I think both are legitimate uh, worries, but also not true. <laughs> you well, know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, they, uh, not that they would know that, but um, I think that's that's a big thing going into their relationship that they're both going to have to overcome is, you know, realize that the other person loves them and that makes them an equal, but also mm-hmm. they're not going to hate them or, or I guess, lack of a better word, um, judge them for their faults or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, it is really that thing you got to get over that one line to reach that. Mm. And that's why, obviously, they are both really insecure. Like, it's not only about winning the the battle anymore. It's about... It is. It has also become partially about the fear of rejection, uh, yeah. especially for Kaguya, I think, because she really like in her thoughts she has this kind of mantra almost where she says like if if I can confess to you, it's not a hundred percent chance that it'll be accepted because she she doesn't know exactly exactly how he feels. But if he confesses to her, then she <laughs> obviously knows that she will accept that. That's a hundred percent success rate. Yeah, I uh, love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and Miyuki having gone all out for this, uh, you know, he says, I couldn't do it halfway and I couldn't put it into words. This is how I feel about you. And all the balloons, ah, so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny. Cause I remember Kakuya telling Ishigami, he's like, well, you don't go overboard. Or, you know, you don't have to make something <laughs> elaborate thing. And then this right. happens. And I mean, it's not like Kakuya <laughs> was telling Miyuki to do it, but uh, mm. of course, of course, when you're in the moment, like oh, yeah. something like that, absolutely. I mean, sure, like you're gonna you're gonna be, uh, at lack of a better word, enchanted by the <laughs> whole moment. So I mean, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go into other things about Miyuki when we talk about his character, but I, mm. I do think it, it was it was a very romantic moment, and he did a great job of building or get, getting to that moment. Yeah, dude, like, we know that he's a hard worker just in general. Mm. But we also learned that this is apparently the hardest he's ever worked for something. So that's, like, got to be, like, like the, the the effort and kind of, I guess, love he put into this uh, is more than he's ever put out before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's impressive, uh-huh. especially when he went over the whole plan. <laughs> yeah. Actually, on that, it reminded me of the firework part uh, way back in volume nine, five. Or I, 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 I thought I thought five in my head, and then I said nine. I <laughs> oh. don't. It was weird. Anyway, it's fine. Ba- back in back in volume five, huh. maybe maybe my F's are just not working well today. Five, <laughs> um, hmm. the whole the whole fireworks scene and how Miyuki kind of got into the zone and and did everything he could to to help. Uh, Kaguya see the fireworks and it was it was just all this emotion wrapped in a, uh, a few chapters well it, really the entire or most of the volume um, and then you know, it ends at that beautiful moment 
And mm-hmm. so it, it reminds me, it's, or I don't want to say repeat, but it kind of goes over the motions that were there and uh, just puts in a, a different light. And it obviously mm-hmm. takes their relationship further. I mean, click, clearly, <laughs> all the way to third base. Um, <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It, it's really nice. And I, I guess while I was wa- reading it, I was like, you know, this is going to be great animated just just like oh, yeah. uh with the with the fireworks scene mm-hmm. yeah. I, I will i will say though it it was a little cheesy a little corny <laughs> at first <laughs> i was kind of like uh, like okay i mean this is this is a bit much right um <laughs> but rereading it and and thinking about their reactions and what was said and everything and yeah. then also thinking about what it would look like animated, I, I thought, oh, you know, okay, this is pretty, this is pretty nice, okay. Yeah, and honestly, this is one of those chapters, or I guess it's like two chapters or whatever, like basically the rooftop scene. It's one of those mm-hmm. that I, I can just like, just randomly take the book out of the shelf, flip up to those pages, and just, just look at those panels, read those lines, and I'll, you know, it's it, it, it's not too unlikely for me to get kind of teary-eyed just by just yeah kind of going into it without really having without really being in the whole context i guess mm-hmm. uh it I, I i love i love it so much and um miyuki asking kaguya to join him mm. at stanford mm. is a big thing that is also mm-hmm. could also be considered a confession of love right totally uh, you know but kaguya does quite quickly accept his uh, invitation yeah. to join him at Stanford uh, which is a big step like I yeah she's very in the moment so maybe mm-hmm. she, she, she says she thought it over but maybe not enough um, <laughs> and uh, and and really like with the family in the background she comes from that is an incredibly d- difficult decision to make yeah for real I I'll be honest, I don't think it's going to go very well. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I'm definitely a bit worried. Uh, yeah. But, but she does it for love, you know? Well, right. I mean, I so part so part of me is is wrapped up in the story and it's like, yes, it's for love and everything. The other mm. part is she's only 17, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. I keep having those thoughts too sometimes. I'm like, no, I don't want to think of it that way. <laughs> right. I, it's a story. And also... It, I mean, in most media, uh, 17, 18-year-olds don't act like 17, 18-year-olds. They act like they're in their late 20s, I, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. But in, in, in this one, they feel more age-accurate, I, th- I think. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. The, the, it is more closely um, to how I think high schoolers would behave. And we have touched on the kiss Mm-hmm. a bit already um that balloon though it that balloon oh yeah had, <laughs> perfect a, censorship perfect censorship and then perfect <laughs> reveal oh because I, I literally thought they weren't going to show i was like oh, it's going to be one of these manga really <laughs> and then they showed it it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was also great well like in one of the previous volumes we did have that little comment where when they were all when they saw Nagisa and her boyfriend kissing at school. We mm-hmm. did see that that little pass by comment from Kage. It's like, uh, oh, but what are, what are they doing with their tongues or something oh, like that? Oh gosh! <laughs> I love how that was a l- little bit of a yeah, tease or build up true. to this. 
but I don't know about you. It mm. it it shocked me. Like I did not I did not expect her to go straight up French oh, yeah. kiss. No, what? of course not. <laughs> I, I'm just as surprised as Hayasaka is. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Oh gosh, <laughs> man, Kashiwagi. Right. Hey, we'll, yeah. we'll get that. We'll get that eventually. <laughs> War criminal. War um, criminal. Really, she really and is. And like they were kissing for quite a while as well. It seemed. Um. Mm, so yeah. there was yeah, fun times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Miyuki was just he was so kind of shocked by it too obviously like we see it on, on his expression and we also see kind of how he deals with it afterward he's like really just kind of confused by the kiss uh, mm-hmm. but I guess I guess we'll de- talk more about that because it's not too much romance anymore on, on that but do you have anything more uh, of the romance between Kaguya and Miyuki I don't think so other than the the art of her holding the heart in in one of those two chapters yeah. Uh, the heart balloon is like, oh my gosh, it's so good. I I want this to be colored. It, it's ah, yeah, so beautiful and it's so awesome. cute. And, yeah, it's great. Um, yes, I I think that's everything I have. About All right them. then. Then let's talk about you and Tsubame next. They have a little bit in the beginning um, uh-huh. of the of the volume. Tsubame suggests that they come back to this cherry blossom tree when it blooms. And that when they meet up there, I guess she would give you her answer to the question that he never intentionally asked. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of just blissfully unaware of, of the whole situation. Says three months, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three In three months, a lot of stuff's going to go down. That, At least yeah, for oh Ishigami. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I guess there, there wasn't too much like romance exactly between you and Tsubame this volume, but... Uh, it was still very interesting, and like, and there there was a lot of little teases, but ne- never anything mm-hmm. actually like um, explicit, I guess. All I'm saying is Ishigami's harem is looking interesting. Just say <laughs> he's unknow he's unknowingly creating a harem, and yeah. I I don't know. I, 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 I it won't become a harem. I know. I'm just I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. Anything more on you and Tsubame? Because if not, I guess we'll move on to the last ship. I do have stuff on them, but I'll save it for their character. Gotcha. Yes. Then let's talk about Miko and you for a moment. And this is getting much more interesting with this volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there, there actually seems like there's some more concrete things to, to grab on kind of here. Very much so. I, honestly, I, I can't see... I can't see... You, Ishigami, and Miko, you know, not being in game. Like, there's, there's no way. Right. There is, there's no possible way that they, yes. they aren't a ship. Like, the, the OTP, one of the OTPs. Like, it, it just, I feel bad, really bad for Subame if she ends up, you know, having feelings like romantic feelings for Ishigami. Mm-hmm. That would be so heartbreaking because at this point she's not gonna be able to beat Miko. There's just no way. Yeah. James, take my hand. I welcome you aboard the ship. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have been sailing it for a while. <laughs> yeah, that that you have, that you that you have, and you know, Ishigami is gonna be careful, man. He he got he he has to stop giving out hearts to everybody willy nilly. Like I mean, I mean, next thing you know, he's gonna give a heart to uh, uh, Maki, and then 
Oh, oh gosh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's not right. really good. <laughs> oh, that would be really sad. That'd be terrible because because then she'd get her heart broken again because we, again we know that the the Miko Ishigami ship is real. So it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I say no. I don't actually know, but right. But uh, we both feel very strongly about it. Right. I think it, it, this the narrative is just pushing it that way, which I'm not against. Which I'm I'm totally for. That's fine. Yeah. Right. For but, sure. Uh, anyway, sorry. I've been going on. You you you, you talk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Well. I mean, yeah. We we had obviously the you giving over the hearts, and this was after he had the suspicion that had handing a hearts means had like giving someone your love. Right. But, but obviously he he kind of second guessed himself on that again. Like so he. I guess he doesn't actually th- think so, but he had the suspicion mo- for a moment. Uh, <laughs> but he he, d- he does give the, the hearts to Miko, and I think I guess it's not definite, but I guess it m- might have been Kaguya the one the one she dropped that heart. I think it is. Yeah, it ha- uh, she had it before, and then she lost it, so it's right. gonna be that one. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it's very interesting, and I I really really liked that scene. Uh, with Miko and you, like outside mm-hmm. of the school grounds, when um, you know he he also shows her the the recording of the bonfire and every everyone just enjoying that. And this is also a really precious moment, I think, because it's a moment between Miko and you alone, and they are smiling together. Mm-hmm. That's never happened before, <laughs> and I don't think either of the characters would have expected it. Uh, a couple chapters later on, that's obviously not happening anymore but it was a very precious moment i think and i i love the way miko gazes at that heart after you yeah. gave it to her like the last basically the very last panel of that arc i mean no, knowing how she uh kind of clings on to any sort of kindness people show her it mm-hmm. i guess it's not too surprising but at the same time this is ishigami who she loathed in a, in a, to an extent yeah. Maybe loathe is not the right word. She in, was it indifferent? I can't. I can't remember what what Kobachi said. Cause well, yeah. She said hate, and then she corrected herself. But either way, they they basically wanted they basically want to be seen as 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 enemies. But her looking at that heart that way, I mean, it's that that's about as a a girl in love as you can get, <laughs> or oh, yeah. oh. or at least <laughs> at least a. A, a a girl who is thinking about romance, um, exactly in that extent. And we know that Miko is a romantic, like deep down. We yeah. know how how much she, how much she she, she longs yeah. for romance, and yeah, yeah, so true. And, and one of the, one other thing about that ship is in the I think it's the second chapter to the last one. They get invited to Tsubame's party. Yes. Um, and Miko goes on about, oh, you have Ishigami, I bet you don't want me to come anyway. And he just immediately turns that down. Just like, what? Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mind if you came or whatever he says. And it kind of, it really shocks her, which yeah. to, to us readers is like, well, of course he wouldn't mind. Um, it's not, it's not like he hates her or anything. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Uh, but to her who kind of again like thought Ishigami was mortal enemy number one mm. uh well I guess that's Chika 
I'm I'm not exactly well, sure what they, she... they they both have issue with with you. True, but I think, they both have issue. You're right. You're right. I think Miko has more of an issue with you than Chica does ultimately. Oh, okay. I think that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I guess real real quick, I'll just touch on one little hint. Why is because well, oh, sure. Miko, I mean, ever since she was introduced, she's had this dislike for you very openly, and mm-hmm. yes. Chica has also kind of shown a lot of similar kind of things. But in this volume, we saw Chica uh, invite everyone, including you, to her Christmas party. True. That's true. And Miko would never have done that. Exactly. I, I don't think so. At least at least not in this, like right now, or at least the thing. Yeah, the way I see it. To be fair, it's, a, it's also a difference of personality and what these characters are. Chica is very yeah. kind of open and, and bubbly and wanting to be friends with most people. Whereas... Uh, Miko is the today, so of course she's not going to invite yeah. you to something. She'll whisper it to Chica, and then she'll invite, <laughs> she'll invite you to come. Uh, yeah. But yeah. but talking about that part where he basically says, "No, I I, I don't I don't mind if you come." Um, I I think because of that heart incident, it that also makes an impact on on her. Um, kind of you know his her feelings towards him at, mm. le- at least you feel you feel a little bit of shock from her and like she's kind of thinking about it whereas if that if that interaction before uh with the bonfire and, and the heart didn't happen then maybe she wouldn't have reacted in that same way maybe i'm not entirely uh, sure right now it, it's interesting though and another thing that i, that I get from this well, yeah, this this same page is that even though Miko had the choice of going to Tsubame's Christmas party or mm. Chika's Christmas party, she chose Tsubame's Christmas party, That's even true. though she knew that obviously uh, you would be there 100%. Like, she mm. knew, no question, you no would question. be there. Mm-hmm. But she chose to go to that party. Yeah. So I'm super excited to get there. Again, I don't think she would have done that if the hard thing hadn't happened before. I don't. Possibly, yeah, very likely. And uh, well, the hard thing, and also the little interaction they had previously in that same chapter, right, right before Tsubame uh, appeared in the corridor. Um, oh, that like, one, kind of, yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of before they had their like literal, literal fight. A <laughs> little fight, um, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, uh, that interaction I think could have also been sort of important to that because that was still mm. definitely a sensitive sort of um interaction mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's really interesting it's fun yeah and now as you said three months something's oh gonna happen something big is gonna happen at the end of march uh, <laughs> yeah um, I, I i i'm excited but i'm also you know getting ready for some sort of some sort of hurt. I mean, this isn't an attack on Titan. It's not going to be bittersweet or anything <laughs> like that. But well, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping not. Um, but at the, sa- at the same time, uh, I mean, you know, one ship has to has to sail on and one ship has to sink. Um, yeah. And I think it's credit to Akasaka to make it, at least to me, make it seem like both these ships or both these potential relationships for Ishigami are something that you know what? I wouldn't mind. Right. I kind of yeah. like. Uh huh. Absolutely. And or well, the th- I, I I guess 
I'm not, uh, to be honest, I'm not all that on board the Yu Tsubame ship. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe I'm biased. Maybe I, I, <laughs> I like, I, I will point that out. Maybe I am biased just because I love, well, <laughs> well first of all, I love Miko and Yu so much, both as, as characters, yeah. but I also think they are more perfect together. Um, uh-huh. But I also think that just in general, I don't think it's a perfect a perfect match, uh, you and Tsubame. Mm. Um, That's fair. I don't think they were made for each other in the same sense. Um, it's just my thinking on that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that said, though, I love Tsubame as a character. She's a mm. wonderful, wonderful person. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. I'm glad we have more uh, ships and romances than just... That, that don't involve Miyuki and, and Kaguya. Exactly, exactly. And I love the way that the you and Miko ship has kind of just crept up on us, kind of slowly, kind of surfaced out of thin air, sort of. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a very fun thing to kind of follow along with. And on my reread, uh, I have been, you know, I was able to pick up on these early hints much easier, obviously, than I did uh, the first time around. So, yeah, it's been it's been great. Indeed. And I can't wait to follow follow along with this. Uh, like, obviously, I don't know a whole lot more than you do at this point, since we are we are closing in on where I stopped reading. I think it's just two volumes away, or, or... Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh. So, with that said, I guess uh, starting at the top, let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about Kaguya Shinomiya. She's a super nymph lust monster. <laughs> super nympho loves monsters. How you say? It? That's I I maybe I, I I never really tried to pronounce it. <laughs> English is my first language, and I can't even say it. So there you go. Um, <laughs> no, I don't actually think she is a super nympho lust monster. But no, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, she has about as much lust as any person. I I'd say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as for the sure. average person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. And. Yeah, man. The, the, there's a lot of interesting stuff with Kaguya this volume. Like, mm -hmm. a lot, I think. Um, but I guess early on, you know, this volume picked up basically right as the where the previous one ended. And we, we kind of get to see her reaction to the news that Miyuki dropped. And, you know, she puts up this strong facade there. Mm. But it's obviously, it's clear that she is upset. Uh, yeah. But she, she's just holding it in until she... Uh, comes to Hayasaka, or she pulls Hayasaka out of the cafe. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. How do, you, how do you tell someone that, it, you know, that you love to not follow their goals, follow their dreams? I mean, right. I feel like this happens quite a bit in, in high schools. I mean, even, even during my own high school, I mean, I didn't have a relationship like that. But seeing other people, you know, go into to certain colleges or do certain things in their lives, and mm. they had to put their relationships on hold or... Yeah. Try to make it work long distance or something. You, you know, you can't. It, it's hard to convince someone to just to kind of stop their life just so that they can forever be with you. I mean, I guess the next step is marriage. But again, people in high school aren't ready for that step yet. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's so really it's, difficult. And I think it's conveyed mm -hmm. so well through this interaction that Kaguya has with Hayasaka, where, mm -hmm. you know, Kaguya lists all of these things that she loves the most about Miyuki. And then she starts crying as you kind of flip the page, if I recall. And mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, and how, how can I stop him from going? Yeah. It's it really it's such a complicated situation. 
kind of like it's it's a dilemma I'd say on par with Maki's struggles, uh, sort of right oh. now. It's like these like love related dilemmas that are just like, what what do you do? Like what what is the right solution here? So would the solution be that Tsubasa has two girlfriends? Wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> Kidding, oh, no. kidding, oh. kidding. <laughs> I, I, um, Maki is just stuck. There is no solution other than breaks. Then they break up, and she she gets together with Subasa or something. Kage I has mean, a solution. <laughs> Go with I, Miyuki to Stanford. Apparently, right. It's just both of the both of the situations have solutions where someone's gonna end up hurt in some way. Yeah, but anyway. I think it's 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 interesting that uh, we maybe actually I don't remember if we heard this before, but Hayasaka mentions that Kage had plans to be dating their entire third year. With, well, Yuki and and Kage be dating their entire third year and go do all sorts of things, um, which is one wholesome, but also yeah, it's just kind of nice that she had these plans, they had these all these grand ideas, um, and obviously the, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Well, unless the story goes a different direction. But, I don't know. It was just kind of nice to see that. It was definitely nice. And, and yeah, it's, yeah, I wonder what the future holds there. What what are they going to get, <laughs> exactly? So, should I make predictions now or later? <laughs> uh, if it's related to Kaguya, then give it now. I don't think the story can support the two main casts going to America. And leaving Ishigami and Chika and all them behind. Granted, the big day is in in March, where Ishigami finds out, like you know, what Tsubame is going to say. So I I guess maybe from then the story could split in in some way. But I personally think the going to Stanford is going to fall through because of Kaguya's strict family and Miyuki being the determined person he is, I I think he may give up on going to Stanford just to s- stay with Kaguya, which is, you know, I think Kaguya would take that pretty pretty hard. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, look, I, I would love for them to be able to convince the Shinomiya family to let let her go. <laughs> hmm. But I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's really difficult. And it also makes me think about the tale of the bamboo cutter again, where Mm-hmm. Like, Kaguya has a home on the moon, and she has a home, a new home, with people she got to know on Earth in that story. And and now it's kind of, well, if Miyuki does go to Stanford, then she, she will kind of have that same, well, sort of hard decision. Well, not, not that she had a decision in the beginning. Like, she didn't really have a decision in in the tale of the bamboo cutter, but it's going to be the same thing where it's like two worlds very far apart and she can't be in both. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of flipped where yeah. in the story, Kaguya went to the moon. Uh, she went away, but this time it's Miyuki who's going away. Right. Uh, right. I guess in a, in a sense, although hearing you talk, it did give me thinking that potentially the family says no, but Miyuki still goes to Stanford anyway. They just they they would have confessed before, and they would have been dating. 
But Miyuki goes goes to Stanford, having confessed and being in a relationship with Kaguya. So you know he's technically dating someone. Mm. But would that be interesting to have him all the way in America mm-hmm. with her in Japan? I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I, I've there's been some manga I've read where they they've had done long distance relationships and it's interesting. But that does mean that usually means that the character who's in another country meets other people in that country and their interactions mm. um, rather than the two main characters interacting. Right. But whatever, whatever Akasaka wants to do, I guess. Yeah, and I guess I'll share my prediction on that real quick. And it's that it's related to... Well, basically, I draw my evidence from the moon-gazing, star-gazing chapter where they do talk about the tale of the bamboo cutter a bit and Kaguya's kind of thoughts on the moon and and that, that old folktale. And... Mm-hmm. Miyuki says in that chapter that if he was in the shoes of Princess Kaguya's lover or the guy who got the immortality elixir, then he would have drank it and he would have gone above and beyond to get Mm -hmm. Kaguya back from the moon. He would have waited as long as it takes Mm -hmm. in order to be with her. He would have taken her back. So with that in mind, and because I think that, that that was him also speaking about how he felt about... Kaguya Shinomiya. I sort of have a feeling that maybe if if they aren't like if Kaguya isn't able to go with him, then he won't go. He won't go by himself. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't want to he, leave her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I mean, that, like I said, that was one of my thoughts. But mm. you bring mm. a good point with um, that that part on the on the school roof. Yeah, that was mm. has some good evidence. I also. This also goes to a theory I had a long time ago um, about maybe the Shinomiya family will force Kage to come to Kyoto um, mm. and separate them that way. But I guess this this makes a little more sense uh, tying with the the uh, Princess Kaguya folktale um, of you know having her go back to the moon and separated from her loved one. That in that sense, um, right. I think. Having that separation from Japan to America is a good correlation, a better correlation than just being, you know, a, a one-hour <laughs> ride by bullet train <laughs> or two hours, however long, how many hours it is. Right, um, right, but there's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, least. so there's there is that, and uh, hmm. I so that's probably where that theory will end up. I I still hmm. think that, especially because of this um, whole situation that will go down and what what I'm assuming is the future chapters or volumes, Mm. the Shinomiya family may become a little more strict or a little more apprehensive towards Miyuki. So... Right. Yeah, it should be... It will be really interesting to see, like, well, if we can... If we'll get to know those characters. We did learn in this volume that Kaguya has a brother. Yeah, we did. So that's that's something new. I was so shocked. It's like what? Yeah, yeah I thought for some reason I thought she was the only, an only child. Mm-hmm. I, I very much look forward to you know getting to know his character and and getting to know the dad a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. So yeah, there's a lot there. And uh, want to move want to move on to little Kaguya? <laughs> oh, so cute. 
But it, it is still weird though, like knowing that she doesn't actually look like like that. Of course. Uh, and but then like seeing everyone, like all of the other characters, like they they feed her with carrots and like they do like all these <laughs> little weird cutesy things Conde- with her. Almost almost condescending things to her. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. And then, like, if I'm in, in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, she doesn't actually look like this. She looks I... just like she always does. Right. <laughs> it becomes so weird. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it, it's it's great. I, I guess, you know, there there could probably be a lot to talk about this in the comedy section, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um, but, but yeah, it was a pretty, pretty prominent part, anyway, of the later half of this volume. Yeah. Well, and uh-huh. it went it went even went into the courtroom scene again, which I was very exactly. excited we got. Mm-hmm. I the biggest takeaway I got from that besides just their whole discussion through each of those three steps or those those three points mm-hmm. uh was that Ice Kaguya says I was the one who fell with him, fell in love with him first, mm-hmm. which in hindsight you should be like, "Oh yeah, that's true." I guess I always thought that she gradually kind of melted uh her cold heart with miyuki and then she fell in love but according according to kaguya it was it was her Mm -hmm. herself that you know fell in love with miyuki so i'm excited to see what i imagine in the next volume explanation for that a bit yeah because now ice kaguya is back in the game (laughs) Surprisingly, she has just awoken from a long slumber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. Um, but yeah, that that court scene. Uh, I feel like Ice Kaguya sort of had the upper hand throughout most of that trial, hmm. um, and so in the end, it wasn't that big of a surprise, I guess, that she ended up winning it, even though she didn't win it fair. I she kind of <laughs> threw yeah. something at yeah. the judge, or, or not, not at the judge, at the kind of took control. Oh, at the dumb Kaguya. Kaguya, yeah. Yeah, uh, but but still, like she she did win the trial ultimately, and she came out. Yeah, she, she was the one that that woke up after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but but like even though she it was Ice Kaguya that won, we did still see signs of her showing emotions during the trial. Mm. You know, she oh, was yeah. hugging hugging the heart balloon, and oh, it was so and all cute. that. So yeah, <laughs> so. Even even cold Kaguya has warmed up a bit, I suppose. Yeah, so may, so maybe it's not exactly the same Kaguya as long ago. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's all a little bit yeah hard to hard to say. But yeah, you you are right. Like going back to whatever volume the 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 court scene happened at the first the first time. Um, Kaguya, what I mean, she she admitted that she was sexually attracted to uh, mm. Miyuki, yep. but it wasn't it wasn't to this extent. So I no. guess she's becoming a little more open in that in that case. Um, right, right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned emotions, and I just quickly want to mention the the face, one of the angry faces she makes, like when she's yelling or mm. like, gritting her teeth or whatever, like. It's 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 scary. It's the scariest I've ever one of the scariest faces I've seen Kaguya make. Not the scary as in like horror aspect, right? Because Ishigami's had plenty of those in the beginning, but <laughs> it it was just like scary. Her fury was just so yeah. uh, frightening. 
and well drawn too, might I add. Oh, absolutely. Like I think I know which one you're talking about. And on the same, like basically on the on the page to the right of it, when she's like, she shouts out that she was the first one to fall in love with Miyuki. Mm. Like that. That's also like that. That hit me really hard when I read that. Mm-hmm. It's like that. That sudden burst of emotion just coming out from Ice Ice Kaguya was un unexpected and uh, yeah. And yeah, just yeah. And like and and then you think about it, and it's like yeah, yeah. I guess that that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she's not one to this one. This Kaguya is not one to really show emotion. Hmm. Um, right. And so, see, see, yeah, seeing her like this is just really, uh, well, not bizarre, but, well, I'll just say refreshing and, and mm. interesting. Yeah, definitely. And something that I was actually very happy to find uh, in preparations for this discussion was an old brief little prediction about Kaguya that I found Ooh. that I had written uh, in a Discord chat right after I read this volume the very first time. Nice. On June 4th, 2020, I wrote, So I'm thinking Kaguya might be suffering from dissociative identity disorder or something along those lines. Hmm. And that volume 15 might delve a bit more deeply into that struggle. Of course, I don't want anyone to confirm or deny this. I, oh, oh, yeah. And then I just, yeah. But basically, I had that thought, like, mm-hmm. based on the the ending sort of of this and and like little kaguya and ice kaguya like and like all of those little things really started me thinking along those lines and i mean if that is the case it would be very sad of course like it's that that is a very mm-hmm. serious mental condition sure uh but it was something that i was very seriously uh speculating and thinking that shit yeah like i wouldn't be surprised based on what we s- learn at the end of this volume that maybe that is the case. Yeah, I wonder the how it ends with Ice Kaguya is back or whatever. It, it kind of it, it did make me question. It's like wait, that's a separate, an actual separate personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started thinking about possible reasonings. I guess first, I, I think I think that theory is possible, but not. But but I think it's only really two, kind of personalities that the the ice cold one and just the kaguya that we've kind of grown to know through these volumes the chibi one really well i guess you could argue dumb kaguya but at least the one that is tired or has a lack of sleep that's 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 just her you know obviously well tired (laughs) like that's not I, i don't think that's really a a personality or yeah it's personality change it's just she's sleep deprived but yeah, Ice Kaguya, that could I mean that could definitely be a thing. The other the other thing I thought was perhaps in her mind she realized how s- almost soft she became. Maybe she was worried that she maybe was taking things too fast. And so she decided to go back to hmm. the kind of persona she had before in order to prove to herself that her feelings are true right does that make sense because if she can prove that she still feels that same way about him even if even though she's more cold-hearted and that he would feel the same way about her yeah then she wouldn't have have any doubts 
Yes, I think that's I think that adds up very well. Mm. Like and and it goes along, but it goes along with kind of what we were talking about, either the previous or the one before the previous volume, where we where Miyuki was sitting in the student council popping a bunch of balloons, uh, mm. and Kaguya was able to kind of see one of his. I guess, quote-unquote, bad sides, even though that one's uh, yeah, more comedic yeah. than bad. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that that's what you were sort of saying or hinting mm-hmm. at here, that yeah. she, she wants to show Miyuki her less good side, like her, like I yeah. guess, more u- uglier side, mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that he can still love that side too. Yeah, I, I, think, that's, I think that's a good, good point, bringing up that uh, discussion they had. Um, at the same time, the the conversation she was having with herself in the courtroom doesn't really lend to that. That's true. So I so I guess I'm I'm not one hundred percent confident in that. Um, but I, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> the volume's out, and we'll be able to read it as soon as this is over. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm excited. Yeah, excited to see Ice Kagia back. And to be honest, I I mean I love I love Kaguya's hairstyle, but her long hairstyle is uh I really like it. Do you like it more? Uh <laughs> if you had to choose, which one is your favorite? <laughs> her hair is unique, but I do, I do like the long hair more. Gotcha, gotcha. And if you got to ch- choose between long hair and ponytail? Oh. oh. Or or the twin tails. <laughs> not twi- I'm actually not, she's I'm had actually, a lot of... I'm, she's yeah, which is refreshing uh, for uh, manga character I, you yeah. know, i'm not a huge fan of twin tails oddly <sighs> enough i'm a sucker for twin tails <laughs> really yeah i don't know man. That, that's like... one of the big appeals well <laughs> oh, i shouldn't say it that way it's it, it, it is one of the bonus appeals with maki for me <laughs> fair fair uh ponytail with long hair oh gosh i uh, i think i like ponytail more uh i see gotcha i don't know because <laughs> it, it keeps the hair out of the face but also, yeah. she still has the long hair in the back. Anyway, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to share mine too. My with, with Kaguya, my favorite hairstyle for her is actually just her default. Uh, Fair. Like the one she has most of the time. I love that. It's unique. It really is. It's really cool. Got anything more on Kaguya? I don't think I do. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Then let's move on to Miyuki Hirogane, or should I call him Arsene? Oh gosh, Arsene. <laughs> Arsene. Arsene. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. It's French. Or what? No, it was. It wasn't French. It was Greek. I think the Greek word for masculine. Mm. I think that's how they that that's how they pronounce it in uh, in Persona Five. So. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. I see. Arsen. Gotcha. Arsen. So when we were talking about Volume Twelve, uh, and there was the chapter with the media club members, mm-hmm. um, you accused that chapter of being mostly a filler chapter, which now in <laughs> hindsight we can say no. It was not because, well, for, for various reasons. Well, that, that's when we saw Miyuki working on the papier-mâché thing. I mean, I was wrong, but I, I meant not what Miyuki was doing and 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 what the, the other Well, girl. yeah. I meant, I meant the two characters were felt like fellow characters, but they're not. Gotcha. I, right. I, well, I've come yeah, to understand fair. that. But. <laughs> right. But, um, and also, uh, I guess one little cool detail was how... Miyuki made the statement in that chapter. He said mm-hmm. he plans to be a man, and then he took on that name, which means masculine. So that's that. That's fun. That's cool. Indeed, that was an interesting connection. Yeah, 
and and that costume. Ah, uh, that costume. <laughs> it reminded me a bit of the guy from Sailor Moon or something like. I haven't. Oh, tuxedo mask. Oh, is that is that what is tuxedo mask? <laughs> I don't know why I know this. Don't ask me why I know that's, this. That's no. Well, you can know it. It's fine. But that's his name. <laughs> oh my gosh! What is? I think name. so. I'm like I'm pretty sure that's his tuxedo name. mask. You don't. <laughs> He wears the tuxedo and he wears a mask. Yeah, it's just it's too it's too, <laughs> it's too straightforward. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, it, it kind. Of, yeah. I mean, the, I think the hat may be different, but anyway, it's it's cheesy. It's over the top. It, it, oh yeah. The the manga says that it, it, he has the fashion of an eighth grader and yeah, the fashion sense of an eighth grader. It's like it's true. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> but <laughs> I love that though. <laughs> it's it was hilarious. That, Hmm. Not gonna lie, um, but to see him, seeing him up there alone on top of the building, and him just be like, "Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> then why did you go this far? Uh, he got he got caught but, up in the moment. He got caught right. Up. Yeah, it is still very on point for his character because we have seen him do that before. Yeah, like just yeah. realizing afterward, like, "Ah, oh, shit, why am I doing this? Or why did I <laughs> oh, do that?" Oh, this is like, cringe. No. <laughs> Yeah, I just I keep keep thinking about when he's like polishing the windows. And he's like, "Oh no, why did I do that? That was so cringe." Yeah. Um, and about like his uh, preparations and everything he did for his big scheme, mm-hmm. this volume, he, you know, he's usually incredibly selfless, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't use others for his to achieve his goals necessarily. You know, he's not like that. But he did lend some help, or so well get some help. And this one from the headmaster and the girl who's with like the Yakuza family. Yeah. He was able to get both of them to help him out with various things uh, mm-hmm. that related to his plan, which I thought was it was it was it was nice. How, like, just how firm he was, kind of with, with both of them, really, uh, to in order to get them to to help him. It isn't something I would have expected exactly, but it's it's really nice to see it because he deserves he he deserves this. Like he's always so selfless and he always puts others first kind of but mm-hmm. in this in this instance he didn't and i think he deserved that this this time i mean yeah, i was i was totally fine with what he did i i want to know what or how he got yuju in his debt yeah uh, <laughs> right I don't, I don't remember learning about that that i didn't miss yeah. that did i no i will i don't think so anyway because I, I i was also a little bit like wait did i miss something so i actually went back and read that part in volume 12 uh, when they're on the roof, when the media club mm-hmm. is talking to her on the roof. And yeah, I didn't pick up on anything like that there. And I think pretty sure that's the only time when she ever appeared before this. So yeah, I, I am also curious to see what that might be. And we also, like another thing where Miyuki just kind of abuses his power, quote unquote, uh, was how he just basically structured the entire culture festival uh, <laughs> like around his love confession. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. Like he, he deserves it so much. Yeah. I mean... It- it wor- it went off without a hitch, so I think as long as it goes well, what does it right. matter? So I I had predicted that in 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 the last podcast I I said that oh he was the one that did the whole mystery thing for Chica to get her preoccupied, but I also said I didn't I wasn't sure or I I think I may have said I didn't think he planned as far as Ishigami and and Miko. Or, or maybe I did. I don't know. Either way, to, to for him to have planned that far is just so, <laughs> you know, extra but on point and needed. Uh, so, uh-huh. I mean, kudos kudos to him. 
Right, for sure. Yeah, because like the the way he was able to keep you and and Miko out wasn't as obvious in the previous volume, but having knowing that he did even that is like wow. <laughs> Props to you. Actually, I think I may I may have said Miko like he could have done Miko, but I I didn't think Ishigami. But hmm. I I didn't know that he was able to decide the scheduling for certain things. So right. it makes yeah it makes sense again in hindsight that oh he could <laughs> decide what time the gymnastics is how oh, it's oh, brilliant yeah i also said the fortune teller like he maybe he got the fortune teller in on it especially since <laughs> he said december 21st but that was not confirmed so it's almost right. as, it's almost as if it's it, it was just happenstance i think so which 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 i can see mm. yeah because i think if that had been part of his plan it would have been addressed in this volume as well i mm-hmm. i think but it wasn't, so I, I think, yeah, that that was just her being psychic, kind of. <laughs> I guess. Very, very creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> How does she know his freaking birth number stuff? Like, the weight and everything. Kaguya, yeah, we went over, like, we went right. over that. But why <laughs> Maybe her? she's just a stalker. Maybe. Maybe. Or she's actually psychic. Huh. Hmm. No. Hmm. No. Hmm? No. <laughs> Uh, but the last little thing I got on Miyuki was just like how, how sorry I feel, I felt for him when he was just struggling so hard with understanding what that kiss meant. Mm. He's just like, ah, oh, what? Like, I, 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 I understand. I understand. Like, cause that was very intense. Intense. <laughs> yeah. <That kiss>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do wish he would have been a little more straightforward and try to talk to her, but obviously he, he, he she was like the way she was, so um, yeah, it's kind of impossible. So I mean, it's understandable, but um, hopefully right. they don't beat around the bush too much in these mm-hmm. um, upcoming chapters because at this point you can't really drag it on for too long. Although Miyuki was re- you know, was really willing to keep dragging it on if they were both to go to Stanford. True, <laughs> was like, that's Ooh, true. Yeah, I could, I could keep this up. It's like, brah. Don't don't be a chicken. Yeah. And now they got to strike while the iron is hot. Yes, exactly. So I, I have one more thing about Miyuki is I maybe I should say said this in romance, but I still think he's a bit prideful not for not wanting to confess. Um I mean, he basically goes as far as showing and 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 that, but he just doesn't say anything in that moment. And I mean I also think that his worries of not being on equal ground, it's, what does it matter? Like, I understand that she is high, higher class and everything like that. And this is a, this is a, something that he has to work with or deal with. Um, mm. But, you know, why can't you be the first one to confess? And it, I mean, you can, if you confess, you can still work yourself up to being equals if, if that's so important to you. I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I see where Miyuki's coming from, but I also think, just, I mean, just like Haguya, he's he's overthinking it way too much. Well, yeah, they, they, they are both like that. <laughs> that. That's the point. That's the point. Yeah. But I guess that's what, I guess it goes into why I've always been Team Kaguya in, is that I want Miyuki to be the one to confess so he gets over this pride of equal thing, you know, being equal, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see that I've okay. seen the benefit of, of the other way as well, 
But yeah, I don't know. At this point, I I'm still Team Kaguya. I think. Right. Yeah. And I definitely see that. And another like a reason why I can see why Miyuki still has this thing about him is that we saw the flashback chapter a little while ago when he was new at Chuchin. True. And he was in a very bad place then. Like, and, and that was a lot largely because of like the class difference because Mm -hmm. pretty much everyone at the school, like a vast, vast, vast majority of the students there are very high class, like very come from very rich families. So -hmm. he was like very much like an outsider there. And that, I like I I wouldn't be surprised if that's still to a degree kind of affecting him. Obviously he's doing far better now, but Right. it could still be kind of the 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 struggles from back then still kind of remaining to a small degree. Yeah. I mean from a family standpoint like society society and getting the family's approval, having Kage mm-hmm. be the one to confess would potentially should be better for him in you know getting along with the family i could see that maybe um Mm -hmm. but i don't think he's thinking about the shinomiya family he's just thinking about shinomiya kaguya so right yeah yeah but anyway um (laughs) again i'm excited to see how it goes i honestly i expected i kind of expected there to be i mean there was a confession we can't, you know, in a way, but I was, I was really kind of counting on someone to say it. Um, yeah. Especially, yeah. <laughs> especially when we got to that chapter when the balloons fell. I was like, okay, here it is. Here it is. And it, it didn't happen. We got that kiss yeah. and that was great. And I thought things would be pretty good from then on, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is a rom-com. So of, <laughs> of course, course not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a story that likes to tease you yeah. a lot. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean so is attack on titan and i guess that's the reason why i love both oh don't don't, don't mention attack i guess i mentioned it earlier but still don't mention attack on titan i can't i can't contain my excitement <laughs> oh i guess real quick for anyone who's just like well, what the hell is james going on about the, f- the very final chapter of the manga is coming out in like just a little over a week, so we are both very hyped <laughs> oh, up about that. Uh, but anyway, moving on to the next <laughs> character, uh, <laughs> I'd like to talk about Miko Ino next. Oh. Yes. Sing it up. Because I think there's, well, I, I thought there was more to say about her than there was about Chika and you, so I, I put her up, up the list a little bit, and also because I love her. But anyway. Aha! Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. I mean, uh, it's almost <laughs> to the point that while Chika is, will always be who she is, uh, it's almost as if the story has become uh, Miyuki, Kaguya, Ishigami, and Miko. Like that's, yeah. Like that. Those are the four main characters, and Chika, mm-hmm. Hayasaka, and everybody else are just kind of there for the ride. With more Hayasaka adding adding a little more story to it. Right, right. It's like Chika should be bigger than Hayasaka, but Hayasaka still has more substance than Chika. <laughs> Exactly. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway sorry. Uh, it's all good. Miko, uh, she goes on patrolling duty by herself when the others are by by the campfire, something that she volunteered to do mm-hmm. just because she wants everyone else to be able to have fun, which is just, it, it's, a, it's a gesture that I don't think we've seen exactly this from Miko. We, we did know, I think, since pretty early that what the things that she does is ultimately for the good of everybody. 
we did know that much. And even though, especially early on, she had kind of a weird way to go about it. Um, but seeing the, it, this, this direct and this selflessly, uh, I thought was really nice to see. I 100% agree. But I do think we saw this earlier in the same arc where she said, I, I'll be the one to go around and ask the neighborhood for permission or, you know, telling them what we're doing. And then yeah. Odadetta said that she would go along with you, with her or yeah. maybe it was vice versa. They, they went and then she was like, I can just do this myself, Odadetta. You don't need to be here. Odadetta's like, oh, I want to do it too or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's not the first time that this has happened. But I, I, I do agree with you that it is admirable and, and, and very nice of her. Mm. But th- this is much more of a sacrifice, I think, than than the example you gave. Because then, I mean, we didn't know that she was going to go on, like, go, go on this patrolling duty back then. So, like, doing the prep work that she and Onodera did was still in order for Miko to be able to experience that bonfire, so we thought. But now she didn't even get to do that, um, which is sad but very ad- like admirable absolutely and i hope next next culture festival maybe she can uh, <laughs> yeah. enjoy it then well uh, so one i i really want to know why she loves the bonfire so much cuz we saw a little mm. bit and we've seen her get excited about it and saw her really happy to you know see all these students having a good time yeah but we didn't really understand why so exactly. I guess it's a good tease, but I, I would like to know eventually. But my second point is, I hope Miko learns to let herself have fun too. Like, again, it's admirable that she sacrificed herself to go on patrol or mm. you know, take care of the perimeter or whatever. That's great. But she needs to treat herself better too. Like she, Honestly. Need, she, she should have, or, or at least somehow got into a, a situation where they kind of trade places um, with the, the people in the committee. So it's not just her, the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, to be fair, is she going to be like, okay, I want you to trade places with me. Like, you know, it's kind of, I, I understand where she's coming from in that sense. It, it's kind of hard to tell someone to do that. Right. But I think sacrificing herself is good, but, you can't be doing that all the time. Like oh, for you sure. gotta have, mm-hmm. you got you gotta treat yourself good yeah. as well. So uh, I mean, thank goodness Ishigami was there to help her. Yeah. But, um, hopefully, as the chapters go on, something this this gets addressed in some way. I hope. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, because yeah, because I I, well, I I imagine she's going to go go through great character growth as well, like over mm-hmm. time. So yeah, I definitely look forward to that. And a little funny, funny little thing that I thought uh, regarding Miko was on the title page for Miko Ina wants to talk. Uh, there was like sh- she's reading or looking through a book with boys in them, in it, and <laughs> yeah. these boys have hair on their heads. So or or, or th- th- that boy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I just yeah, just another little little confirmation that yeah, she's probably over that bald face (laughs) (laughs) thank goodness i mean (laughs) i i do like that picture uh it's very cute picture of her i love it i I like how she has the extra supersized pudding i i have never seen a pudding that big (laughs) 
I mean, may, maybe they they're around. I just never noticed them because I'm, I'm, I would I don't think I would ever buy a, something that or pudding that big at least when I was in Japan. But who knows? Right. Any, anyway, uh, it's just funny. <laughs> she she likes to eat. I mean, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, she seems to be more and more open throughout this volume. In this volume, we see her being more and more open about liking certain things. Certain actors. <laughs> certain actors, for example, yeah. It, it, I guess it started previous volume where she like just started talking without knowing what she like noticing that she was talking out loud in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like another one of those examples where she like she does not even hide uh, her like big like the big fangirl inside of her there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was that was fun, and 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 I, I think that that's one of the sides that she should embrace more and like not not suppress that side of her as she probably does. Or has done uh, usually, mm-hmm. and then uh, you questions why they're always arguing, and she tells him that whenever he upsets her, she thirsts for revenge. And I guess that could be interpreted in different ways, maybe potentially. But I- I'm just here, kind of holding out for those feelings being kind of a confused romantic interests of sorts Mm -hmm. um what what do you think about that what you said there i think part of it is when ishigami says something to her or does something for her it means usually like a kind gesture i feel like or just advice like general advice and Mm. she said in the past that ishigami has kind of looked down on her in in some cases um, like, I mean, jokingly, not, not, I don't think it's actually, um, thinking he's better than her or anything, but. No, but, um, but, but she has felt that way though, I think. Right. Uh, well, yeah. And that's fair. So I, I think it's a little bit of not understand or not being able to appropriately react to Ishigami showing kindness, but mm. also, I guess their history that we really haven't seen too much in the past of maybe Ishigami looking down on her in some way. Um, hmm. But, I mean, I find it hard to believe it's that bad. Um, but I, I could be wrong. Anyway, that hmm. I guess that's kind of what, what I'd get out of it, if that makes right. any sort of sense. Yeah, no, and like she does seem very embarrassed about what she said there afterwards, or like, well, they they start to actually fight, and then Tsubame comes in, and then as she's talking to you, uh, Miko seems to be very embarrassed about what she's, or at least I, the way I read it is that she is the thing that she's is embarrassed about in that moment is like was the the things that she said to you back then because I think I think that was like a probably kind of a sensitive topic that hmm. uh, that she wasn't prepared to ready to to bring up perhaps um like she was trying to be diplomatic with you only to be turned down and i think that hurt her pride a lot yeah i agree i i, I think it's more anger than embarrassment just based just based on their previous interactions and and stuff. I mean, she looks more just kind of up, upset, upset with him and annoyed with him. Oh yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Then, then, then embarrassed by what she said at this point. Um, like, I think it's both it, of those. I think it's both annoyments and yeah, embarrassment. Yeah. I, I mean... She tries to offer kind of a, a a olive branch with the with the pervy magazine, uh, <laughs> and uh, he kind of just slaps it in a way mm-hmm. by, by what he says. So right. of course she would be uh, frustrated and upset, but I guess I could see how she could also be embarrassed about that as well. Right, because I, I think it's such a big step kind of for her to even try to do something like like that, like. She's never been close to trying out that kind of approach with you before. True, true. Um, so I, I think the fact that it didn't work out the way she had probably anticipated it to, uh, that I, I think that hurt her pride uh, a good deal. Oh, good deal? Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, it, it did because, well, evidently she got very upset because of it. Uh, because, like, throughout the rest of that chapter, kind of, or at least throughout the rest of that scene, we kind of see her, her anger is kind of building mm-hmm. up. And then at the end when <laughs> she snaps at them, uh, or not at the end exactly, but she's like, like you, you can't invite him to, like you can't be the, like just the two of you. Um, and like the face, like that, that, she gives like a really scary face when she snaps there. Uh, and she, <laughs> I, I think it's because she, she, she has a, like a high frustration with you right now after what just happened in that same scene. Uh, it's just like emotional overload for her, I think, right there. And she, she just needs to get it out. Mm-hmm. One, speak, speaking about all this and why she would want a thirst for revenge, I think it also comes down to the, the, the next panel where she says, if you did annoy me, I wouldn't have to be mean and get back at you. So I think that... That thirst for revenge is is basically her being mean and getting back at, at him, because mm. she finds him uh, annoying at times, and yeah, and I think that's the case here. He says something that is annoying, and then she's she be she's mean and gets back to him. So I guess you yeah you could say that um, embarrassed about opening up in that way, and then kind mm. of being I guess you could say rejected. Well, yeah, right. At least her her proposal was rejected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else on Miko? I, I don't. I, I didn't have a whole lot, actually. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> then let's move on to Yu Ishigami. I said this before. I'll say it again. He is incredibly dense, this this volume. For someone <laughs> well, who's so perceptive. Uh, true, and, true. And can see, read people so well. He's just like... <laughs> Oh well, it's, it can't it can't be with me. There's no way that this heart confession thing is a, actually anybody <laughs> believes in that or whatever. It's like, ah, Ishigami, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if you haven't learned it, then how are you? How are you really supposed to know? But he but he understood it though. Like here, I, I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to this. He, I know he he did figure it out. He legit figured it out for a moment, but then he was like, nah. That can't be it. <laughs> Couldn't be. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he says no way that there could be a tradition like that. Ah, right. So he is. He is just in denial or just completely oblivious about it all. Even though he put it all together, I mean, yeah. it's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and uh, I'm actually quite 
excited that it's this way. But I'm also frustrated because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want him to hurt himself or hurt anybody else unknowingly um, because he's such a good guy. I, but, you know, that's that's how mm-hmm. rom-coms work. Misunderstandings, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, it's life. I don't want to make it sound like I don't enjoy it. I, I really do. It's just, you know, just kind of those right, right, yeah. er, uh, doofus moments. Like, hey, wake up! <laughs> don't, <laughs> yeah, you're creating chaos. Yeah, like, cause, cause when he is able to put it together, he's like, yay, good job, Ishigami. You, you, you figured it out. But then obviously, <laughs> obviously like, it doesn't nah. work out. <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, I, I don't blame him too much because it is a ridiculous tradition, kind of. It is, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. But um, he he is, as you said, he is a, a really good guy. And he is such a good guy that he he declines Miko's offer to make peace because he promised uh, Miyuki that he would bring <laughs> that magazine to school <laughs> again. Bros before chibi girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And... And another funny thing about you, this volume, was that he, he was talking about how sex is something overblown and really dirty one moment, and then later on he imagines True. himself with, with Tsubame, like, all pixelated. <laughs> uh, that, that was funny. But hey, teenage boys, am I right? Or boys, I guess, in general. <laughs> Ishigami, well, he's not as hypocritical as, like, Chika or something like that. I mean, yeah. when it comes to some of the relationships... He's talked about in the past. He, yeah, he has been a bit hypocritical in that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, I don't have anything more on you. Do you? I don't. All right, then. Let's talk, I guess, about Chika Fujiwara. Oh, Chika. I think I've, start, I think I've started so many discussions with just saying, oh, Chika. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah th- this was not a strong volume for her. Like, she, she was going on, you know, about time zones and longitudes and stuff to solve the, mm-hmm. <laughs> to solve the riddles. She, she just, she loves mysteries and she loves to look really smart and people think that she's smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, she, this is not the first time she's done it, too. No, With the no. cooking and the arm wrestling and all the other stuff. It, uh, it is It is still funny, though. <laughs> it, oh, it's hilarious. I, I mean, <laughs> she's so funny. And you uh, fe- I also feel really bad for her in that, in that sense. Uh, yeah. And, you know, one, it also, it also proves that she doesn't know Miyuki like Kaguya does. Um, mm-hmm. Because, obviously, Kaguya was able to put it all together and she was lost in the breadcrumbs, I guess. Well, the the false, the red herrings. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I guess that's something to say if anybody's a Chika Miyuki shipper. I don't think there's too many out there. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's just I guess you you could you could chalk it up to Chika not being as bright as those two, but I think it's also that Kaguya just understands Miyuki so much so much more. Even mm-hmm. though Chika has been his um, adoptive mother, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thinks she knows Miyuki so well. I, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. But she really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna hold out hope though for something serious from her eventually. But I, I will not say when that's gonna happen because I. Okay. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel bad about this this part as well because she was 
hoping to find her mystery thief and that every mystery thief needs a great detective or something along those lines. And obviously Kaguya took those words to heart and, you know, went after Miyuki in that sense. But the way that Chika was going about it, I mean, she was she was having a blast and she's having fun. So I guess you can't feel too bad for her. But it's also like she maybe was almost expecting to find some some maybe a love interest this way or something like that. Not not to I'm not saying like for sure, but it did kind of sound like a romantic or or well maybe romanticized is the better oh yeah way to say it. Um, so I don't know. We, we, we never get to see what happens after that besides, uh, Karin going, finding the promised land. Um, (laughs) but Chika, Chika doesn't see it though. So for all we know, she doesn't even know who caused it all. Um, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. To be honest, I, I kind of wished we would have seen Chika been like, Hey, well, wait, who was the mysterious thing or ask a question about that but hmm. just it just kind of is ignored afterwards i mean True. it's not that it's not that important hmm. yeah no but i i also i also would have probably liked to see kind of a resolution to her little yeah endeavor <laughs> exactly yeah uh she organized the christmas party which neither you or me or miko are going to but it seems like probably at least miyuki and kaguya are going to it and Kay is going as well, mm-hmm. or at least she's invited by Moiha. Uh, so that, that's uh, fine. Kage is well, going, so Kay is definitely going. Yeah, right, exactly. She's got it in that case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I look forward to seeing these Christmas parties, both both Tsubame's and Chika's. I'm very excited. Another feel-bad moment, though, for Chika is that she <laughs> wanted to invite everybody like Zoo Council, but Ishigami couldn't yeah. come. And to be fair, <laughs> I it's not... It would be worst if Kaguya couldn't come um, yeah. versus Ishigami for Chika, I think. <laughs> of course, of course. But I, I, do, I do feel bad that for, for Chika that she was going to have this, this party for everybody, but you know, they mm. couldn't come. But, you know, people have right. lives and whatnot, so it's, it's fair. Yeah. I do wonder how she felt, though, about Miko choosing you over her. <laughs> you that, know? I, I agree. I, that's, that was another point. Because she, she and Miko always had each other's backs, yeah. in a way. <laughs> Miko idolized her, and hmm. Chika was kind of her <laughs> her abusive boyfriend. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of sad. Well, you know, maybe 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 Miko is finally seeking help and getting away. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so... Uh, it, it kind of some of this f- felt like a bit of a pity party for Chica, and I'm sorry if it came off that way. Eh, but I mean, um, maybe it was necessary. <laughs> may, maybe, maybe it was necessary to feel bad for her. I don't um, know. Mm. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get a little bit more from her. I I keep saying this every freaking volume. Yeah, I mean, hey, I don't blame you. <laughs> what? And I even I even tried to move on. I even was like, I just see her strictly. <laughs> As a comedic character, and you see, you won't get, Petter, you won't get hurt if you think of it like that. Oh, oh yeah, I can't even take my own advice. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's sad for Chica. But, but hey, at least we got hope. We have hope. I guess I really am a Chica fanboy, deep down. Hey, and I, I applaud you for it. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not able to be that. I wish I could. 
I wish I couldn't. <laughs> well, uh, got anything more on her? Free me from this hell. Okay, then let's talk about Ai Hayasaka. <laughs> <laughs> um, she tries to get Kaguya to stop Miyuki from going to Stanford, or it's well, she she that, at least that's how I read it. Like that scene, she brings up a lot of kind of reasons hmm. that would get Kaguya to want to stop Miyuki uh, in a way that makes makes me think that I wants wants Kaguya to stop him in the early parts of the volume. There, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I took it that way but now that you say that yeah i i think you i agree she's kind of it's like hey hey wait a minute <laughs> let's think this through like it's never gonna right, happen yeah. with right. your with your family <laughs> like how how could you say something so brash and and so full of consequence without taking mm. time to think about it and yeah. to be fair i i don't i don't blame her for thinking that either it's like nah. you know how that, that i mean that's a big step especially for a high schooler like we said Definitely, yeah, yeah, and and I like how f- for this counseling session or whatever, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. she she's already dressed for the job. <laughs> yeah. Even though she's at school, <laughs> uh, so that was that was fitting because like it was like during that scene it, it felt just like any other like bedroom scene between the two of them, um, you know, where they're just talking like at home. Uh, and I think the the reason why it felt so much like that was just because Hayasaka was wearing her usual maid outfit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, anyway. This is really random, but in mm-hmm. that first chapter, she says, oh, that'd be so emo. And oh, yeah. I, it doesn't make sense to me in that context, because when I hear emo, I think, you know, black clothing, black makeup. And, right. You know, you know, hard emo music. And... Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem what, like, the context uh, or the vibe that was going down in their plan. Mm-hmm. So I really wondered what the Japanese was, and for the life of me, I couldn't find the Japanese panel. I it was driving me crazy. I I can't find uh, it. Gotcha. But I I, I wonder if because the fan translation said emotional. I found a fan translation somewhere. It said emotional. I'm also I was also thinking about it more along those lines because at least. That makes more sense in the context, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that she she kind of values the emotional types of uh, confessions and stuff like that, because emo, as you say, yeah, kind of kind of sounds wrong in this in this instance. Right. It may maybe they did say emo in Japanese, but maybe in Japanese context, emo is literally just short for emotional. Exactly. Um, Precisely. So maybe that's maybe that's what it was. I, I think so. But yeah, because Kaguya even Googled what emo meant mm-hmm. after that. Like, so I, I imagine they probably used that same word and that maybe it just has like a slightly different, well, not meaning exactly, but like it, it's used slightly differently perhaps in, in, in Japanese. Yeah, that's probably what it is. She says to Kaguya that Chika looked so smug when she, uh, when <laughs> she thought that she solved the mystery, uh, which is... Like, was totally, I think, like an Ishigami move on Hayasaka's part there. Uh, and, you know, and Kaguya even warns her, like, like don't, don't, don't tell Chika that. Because like, she knows how Chika would have reacted, at least if you said something like that. Uh, so I, I yeah. thought that was a little fun, funny little gag, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she, she really did look smug. So I, yeah. What I, yeah. What I liked was Hayasaka's reaction to the entire romantic scene and when the 
when the two students, I forget their names, the, the, one of them is in the board, maybe they're both in the board game club. Oh yeah, no, right, no, I think it's, it was just the one of them. It was just, uh, it was just one of them, okay. Kozue, I think. Yeah, and they, yeah, they were talking about how only it would only be a certain kind of student to be able to do that, and she was just getting really really flustered and like there was some really heavy panting and breathing going on there. It's like, oh, oh my. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, but like, we know, we know that she has been, she, she wants romance. Like she hasn't found the one, but she wants, she wants that in her life as well. So, yeah. And so having, so she thinks it's incredibly romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it also, I think she's jealous that, yeah. oh yeah. Kaguya gets that. When we especially see that in the room, she can't help herself. She has to ask what it's like to kiss someone. Exactly. Which is kind of turning the tables in that sense. (laughs) Oh, how the turntables. Yeah, man. Yeah, so it's interesting. And and this is one of those things about Hayasaka that I've always enjoyed because it's been there since almost the beginning. This, like, little hints about her wanting to have a romance of her own and that she has mm-hmm. this, well, somewhat of a jealousy of, of Kaguya's um, feelings that, that she has from Yuki. Cause yeah. I, well, I, cause I feel like, well, I is much better equipped kind of for a relationship compared to Kaguya mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like uh, she, she just know she, she's more well-versed with just the world in general and how, well, yeah, she, she she would have probably dealt with it smoother in a lot of ways. But she hasn't found that special someone yet. Mm. And that's obviously, without that, she can't even get started. Well, of course, yeah. So yeah. That, that's, her, that's one of her struggles, which is interesting to follow along with, I think. Indeed. Do you think in that scene, in that uh, bedroom scene, that's not, that's not a good thing to say. When when well. when they're talking about the the kiss, uh-huh. do you think we see a bit of the real Hayasaka coming coming out there? Ooh. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. I think so. I mean, I I don't think it, it's a hundred percent because no no human could be that full of energy all the time. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I I do think we we see her less composed. Like she is mm-hmm. in, in maid form, and yes. um, more open with her own emotions and uh, thoughts. So yeah, I think this might be the crybaby that Kaguya was criticizing when they were younger. Yeah, that's good point. Good point. Yeah, that that is really interesting. Anything more on I? Nope. I think that's it. All right, then let's talk a little bit about the smaller characters of this volume. Maki and Nagisa had a super nice little moment. Yeah. Uh, like, it just warmed my heart beyond belief. <laughs> that sounded really cheesy. But anyway, um, <laughs> the way I put things sometimes, I'm like, why? It's, it's, it's like Miyuki. Like, why did I say that? So cringe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> like, Nagisa wants to dance with Maki and and how she says, like, it's because I like you more than, than Tsubasa. And like, and... Oh yeah, just just seeing that, like the reaction from Maki and and just the the friendship that they have. I mean, we we know mm-hmm. that they are best friends, but it just hasn't really felt that way in the last couple of volumes. Right. But it's yeah, that that was such a nice little reminder just of how how good friends they actually are. Totally, because we we were kind of giving 
Kashiwagi crap for yeah. all this, all the stuff she was doing in front of Monkey, and I think she deserved that. But yeah, it's important to to remind ourselves that they are best friends forever, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, even even though Maki is the one of the most tsundere characters, <laughs> even in this manga, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is surprising, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kashiwagi still loves her, cares about her, and, mm-hmm. and she's the person she likes the most out of anybody. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it it was very heartwarming to see, and you feel you feel for Maki and understand why she just hasn't kind of walked away. From the whole situation, she she really can't because Kashiwagi kind of makes it impossible for her to hate her, as I think she kind of said. Yeah. Not 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 that she's holding her prisoner or anything like that, but no, no, no. <laughs> they they really are best friends. Absolutely, and that that's what makes the situation for Maki so yeah so difficult. Because mm-hmm. yeah, man, I I do not envy her at all. Not at all. Whew. But. But yeah, it, I really, really love that scene, and I, I do hope for more little things like that. Indeed, because <laughs> Maki deserves Maki deserves uh, every, every little bit of happiness she can get. I think. Yeah. Other characters, we had Kobachi Osaragi, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. which I think had a little bit of an interesting interaction with her boyfriend. Um, where well, mostly the things that she said is that it seems that. Like, a potential reason why she got together with her boyfriend was to let Miko kind of mm-hmm. experience real life in a in a more real way, kind of. And I think Miko, having sort of recently joined the student council, I think that made, like, that, that might have been what made Kobachi come to that conclusion, kind of, that she she wanted to set Miko free, in, in a sense. Yeah, I guess she thought she was being a little too motherly. Right. Um, yeah. Toward towards her and needed to let need to let her grow. Spread her wings. Yeah, spread her wings. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's interesting. I I wonder, I wonder going forward um, if she will continue to do that or if she'll still try to push her in certain directions. I don't know. We'll see. Right. No, but it, uh, she she seemed pretty serious about it too, and like to get a boyfriend for potentially like that being the main reason for getting a boyfriend like obviously we don't know but i, I right. wouldn't i wouldn't really be surprised if the main reason for her getting together with a pep squad leader was kind of to let maki just or miko sorry uh mm-hmm. be more independent i think it goes to what i was saying last volume is she kind of turns to ishigami and says uh kind of says good luck to him or whatever so i think that that is definitely a possibility that maybe there was something other, some other reason behind it. But I think maybe one reason was she was trying to get Ishigami and Miko to have some sort of moment together, potentially. Potentially. I'm not so sure about that one. She literally said that, pointed to Ishigami and said, basically said, good luck. I mean, hmm. to me, yeah. that's evidence that she was trying to at least encourage him. In some way. Actually, okay. Yeah. You have won me over. <laughs> uh, you're right. And and yeah, I for a moment, for some reason, the, the whole exercise where they were trying to get them to get along, for some reason, that whole th- thing mm-hmm. slipped my mind. And she was basically leading that whole thing. Uh, yeah. So yes, you're, you're right. I, I think you're absolutely right. She is probably this show's first uh, you 
Miko Shipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Even before you? Uh, even not, before not you, me. It, <laughs> yeah. Even yes, before Petter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I, I mean, I would say so, absolutely, because I didn't. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't think I started shipping you and Miko as early um, on my first oh, okay. read, read through. Um, I just, I, I didn't pick up on all of the hints and I, I wasn't, I probably also wasn't paying quite as much attention as I do Fair. now for the podcast. Whenever, cause whenever I read a volume or a chapter for a podcast recording, I, I'm always definitely more thorough about it than I am. Otherwise I think you are too. Um, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> but anyway, um, Karen Kino Erika Kose, uh, we mentioned that Karen, she she found the promised land and all that, <laughs> <laughs> and and they somehow found that random hid, hidden room. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird. Like, how many secret rooms does Shooting Academy have? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like th- this is the second one. What was it used for before? Yeah. Hmm. Well, well I guess there isn't too much to say about that. Maybe we'll but, find uh, out later on. Yes. Yes. Tsubame Koyasu. Do we have anything there? We talked about her a lot already. She kind of had some misconceptions of you because of what the other first years were saying, which is surprising because I had always assumed that she just was giving Ishigami a, a chance without any sort of knowledge of that. But I guess the first years kind of ratted him, <laughs> ratted him out or mm. um, tried, to, tried to spread those rumors again. But I, I think maybe she did kind of take it with, you know, grain of salt but also mm-hmm. said okay you know maybe i should watch out for ishigami but she also said um i'll make sure he stays in line or so- something along those lines and so, ma- so maybe she did have a bit uh of that going through her mind but as she maybe got to know him more she saw that she he, he was a good person just like she advised those first years that maybe if you get to know him better, you'd find out that he's a good person. Um, so I guess she's taking her own advice in that sense. Yeah. And when she said like that she would keep keep an eye on him or keep him in line or what, whatever she said to those yeah, I can't remember. first three exactly girls. Like that. Yeah. Right. But what she said something along those lines anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the way I read that was more like her just kind of just kind of comforting those those girls like yeah don't worry about it kind of like i I don't think Mm -hmm. she necessarily ever had any suspicions necessarily because uh this moment reminded me a lot about the library scene where you and kaguya are studying and there's there's girls talking behind them and kaguya walks up to them and stands up for you like it it reminded me of that a lot uh because it's really but kind of about the same thing where yeah you got to get to know him like if, if you don't know him then why why do you talk shit I think that's fair, but she didn't know him as well as Kaguya did at that time, though. No, no, I'm sure. So, for sure. but may, but I think that I think that could be it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she she's she's so nice. Ah oh, man, I I'm really <laughs> becoming a big Subami fan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would never be able to date this woman whatsoever. She's too <laughs> pure and and popular for me. But I I think she is one of the best girls in this. I mean, there's so many good, so many good girls. Don't get me wrong. I think, uh-huh. but I think she's gone above <laughs> Kashiwagi for me. Like I, I Ooh. like Kashiwagi a lot, but this whole thing with Maki, and, you know, I mean, it's not, 
all Kashiwagi's fault, but it also is all Kashiwagi's fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, but Tsubame, on the other hand, I don't know, you just you see this really sweet side, and it, it's going in a direction that, I'll be honest, when, when I, I think I may have said this before, but when I first saw this storyline happening where Ishigami would confess his feelings to Tsubame in some way, I thought Tsubame would fairly quickly turn him down in, in some way. I, I don't think it would, maybe a, maybe a couple of chapters or a volume or something like that, but I didn't think she would be this, or I, well, one, I didn't think the confession would come this quick, even though Ishigami didn't realize it. And I also didn't realize, or didn't think that she would be this confused about it or uh, willing to debate about it or think about it. So right. that's kind of, that kind of subverted my expectations and I, I really like her character for that. And it, it mm. kind of gives, it, it, put, it puts the whole story into an interesting um, dilemma. And I, and, I, and I like it. Yeah, it's really exciting now. <laughs> I hope it doesn't end bad for her. Uh, I mean, to, to be fair, I think of the two for, going back to shipping, of the two mm-hmm. for Ishigami, I think Tsubame will, if she doesn't get with you, she won't. <laughs> when she doesn't, she will be able to get on her feet back on her feet better than potentially Miko I think for Miko knowing her kind of state of mind it may be best it, it, it just may be best for her to have someone like Ishigami instead of just some random jerk who says one nice thing to her and then is terrible uh, the rest of the time you know I, oh I'm t- yes <laughs> yes she she definitely needs someone good like like you I mean Tsubame deserves someone good as well. Of, of course. course, of course. I but, I just think mm. Tsubame has potentially a better like control or understanding of who would mm. be a good partner versus yes. versus uh, Miko. That may not be a great way to look at it. Look at shipping in general. Uh, <laughs> no, but I I, th- I think you're right in, in in saying that though. Okay, cool, cool. Yes. Uh, do you got any other character you want to talk about? She was the only character I have left. Gotcha. Then let's dig into the final stretch, the comedy. Woot! I was crying when Kaguya said that she will confess her love today. Just like, ah, you've come such a long way. (laughs) (laughs) But but I also says, uh, uh, this isn't some rom-com that's just trying to drag (laughs) things out. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, (laughs) way to call yourself out. (laughs) Fourth wall. (laughs) That That was great. Who's playing a prank with Miyuki's big balls? Like, please. I was just about to say that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was also too good. Oh my god. Uh, and and we we thought we thought Kaguya had like learned more about those things and t- kind of to understand, I guess, more about those things so that she wouldn't <laughs> accidentally talk like that. But well, I guess she still hasn't learned it all. Mm-hmm. And. Ma- we talked about the scene with Maki and Nagisa, but like right before Nagisa appears, we see Maki. You know, she's just looking at all of the happy couples dancing at the bon- or by-, by the bonfire, and <laughs> and she's like, "I hope you all burn in hell." Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yep, it's on point, but it's yeah, tragic. Like it, it, this, this, this is like one of those kind of tragic comedic moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Maki does that excellently. Yeah, that's. That's her character. It's finding finding the 
the comedy and tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. There was two chapters that just killed me. I mean, there was a lot of chapters killed me, especially after the romance. I mm. that those chapters are some like comedic gold. It's so good. Uh-huh. And the one the the kissing the whole kissing ex- explain the kissing thing, just just dying. Especially, kind of, the way Kage was almost condescendingly talking to Tayasaga. Like, oh, you don't <laughs> know. How, do I have to explain how adults kiss? And there's it, it also how how he drew Kaguya and then kind of like a she was exactly. kind of chibi style as well and yeah that that was like she was transitioning into little Kaguya kind of yeah and then when she was describing the kiss and she put her tongue out and everything it's just like oh my gosh yeah. it's just so it's just so funny but also yeah. the Kashiwagi part where where did yes. you learn that from oh it was Kashiwagi it's like oh my gosh dang it and she called Kashiwagi on the phone oh my gosh oh my god uh, <laughs> like 40, 40 seconds, seconds. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh Excuse me, or whatever that was she says. too good. And this is also a confirmation that Nagisa and Tsubasa have done it. If it wasn't, if it wasn't obvious already, right? I mean, yeah, it was pretty obvious. It wasn't hundred percent though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes. they hadn't they hadn't said that they did, but now but we but we but we knew it. We knew we knew. We knew, we knew. I mean, after they were like <laughs> making out like that in the in the school, I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I wonder how Maki would react if she learned. Anyway, uh, anyway. Best best not for now yes, at least. No. <laughs> but um yeah, it, that that was definitely one of the moments that that's that that definitely killed me. And another one was when Miyuki became little Miyuki in order to communicate with little Kagi. <laughs> so weird. And he was funny, but it was so weird. <laughs> and of course Mika walked into the room as they're standing there just Oh man. Oh man. Beautiful. And little Kaguya hitting Chika's boob. Yes. Like, hey, no hitting. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, it, oh man. And then, and then, not, not only that. I mean, that that part was hilarious too. But yeah. also at the very end, when you see Hayasaka, is just her her morning was just miserable, just seeing her dead. Oh. That that kills me. Oh yeah. That that, that could have been a chapter like all in in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. She she's a trooper. She really is. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yep. And I guess, like, honestly, maybe a little bit romantic, although it really wasn't. But when little Kaguya points out, like, like number one, number two, number three, onto, like, the other student council members, <laughs> uh, a little bit of a confession, maybe, sort of. Sort of. Well, they, but... even in the next, or the last chapter, the, the Kaguya's mind personas were all like, you can't just mm. say that. You can't just do that. And he's like, exactly. what? It's, it's, it's true. I mean, it's nothing compared to all the hearts he did or, or whatever. Right. Is, is what she was arguing. True. Man, uh, the, the, the last comedic bit that I got, though, on this uh, in this volume was Miko's mind really is in the gutter. When she was, like, invited to the <laughs> to the Christmas party and first, like, oh, it's a threesome. And then, oh, no, it's an orgy. <laughs> Like, Miko, what what's going on inside your head? <laughs> like sometimes I I want to dig in there and just see just all that that's there. <laughs> now, to to Miko's credit, I think in Japanese that phrasing is much more provocative than oh. how it sounds in English. Okay, 
I think. Uh, that's interesting. Because if you go, if you go a few panels further, you see Chica says the exact same thing, and then you know, Ishigami automatically says, "Oh, Christmas party." And Miyuki's like, "Oh, I'm surprised you figured it out. It was like that." So right. I I think it's just the way it's said and how it's put in Japanese makes mm. it come off a little more um, suggestive. I see. I see. It's still funny in both, though. But, but it, that, it that, is that, no, no, yeah. It's so, it's only totally <laughs> funny in both, yeah. Um, I I guess I was trying to make your make Miko seem less of a perv, but I I do I do <laughs> right. think I I do think she has a dirty mind. She's got to think like the enemy. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, th- there's that, but I I do think she she gets you know she she gets pleasure out of some things on her in her spare time. You know, I think it's <laughs> safe to assume. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely reading some of the... She may be reading Boy's Love. She may be... Actually, I'm not sure. Right. She, and she's listening to those audio recordings. She's listening to those audio recordings. That's for like, sure. Like, that's a big thing, I think, <laughs> to get off to. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anything more on comedy? No, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Is it safe to assume this is uh, both of our favorite volumes so far? Yeah. I mean, you get you get everything. Uh, you know... Going going through the romance part, I mean, as mm. much as I I loved it and those moments were great and it was beautiful imagery, I was kind of like, you know, I'm, it's, something's missing. Like, where's, hmm. like, I, it all built up to this, and then it got to the that page where it's like, okay, no more romance from here on out. It's just strict comedy. I was like, oh, okay, well, all right, I guess that's okay. <laughs> I'm used to more having a balance. But then we got to those chapters and it felt it felt romantic. It felt. Yeah, comedic. It, it felt like a good balance. Like this is what and I. There was still drama too. Hmm. It was, and there was still drama. It's like ah, this this is what I'm used to. This is still my favorite volume, but I think he kind of sells himself short when he says, "There's no more romance. It's just pure comedy and stupidity from this point forward." True. I mean, there was there was that, but I, anyway. It, <laughs> yeah. No, but I I I agree, and it, it could have probably been worded differently, but it was also like just kind of funny little. But it was funny as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And I without spoiling anything obviously cuz I never want to do that, but I do uh-huh. think I do think you will enjoy volume 15 a whole lot. Sweet. Uh, so I am super excited to talk about that one, of Exciting. course. As, as always. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, um, have your favorite characters changed at all with this volume? Uh, good question. Um, I think Kagi is number 1. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I think after this one just she has so many funny moments, but also sweet moments as well. Yeah. Um, and that would put Ishigami number two. Yeah. I, I still put, I, I, I put, I put Ishigami ahead of Miyuki. Um, yeah. so Miyuki's three. And uh, I have to figure out everything after that. But I think those are my top three. Nice. Nice. And I actually think Kaguya has made the same improvement in my mind as she did for you so she has also surpassed you for me but just barely um Hmm. so i i guess my top three right now looks like uh miko number one kaguya number two and you number three nice followed by miyuki Hmm. again so yeah my my two to four is still your one to three (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i guess i I like Miko. I I just don't. I haven't put her ahead of any or of those three or four, or whatever yet. But right. I mean, that's fair though. I think <laughs> she's still a great addition to the cast. 
So mm -hmm. I hope people don't think I don't like her or anything. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. So I guess that's it for this episode. It has maybe turned into uh, one of the longer ones, although maybe not. I don't know. Editing sometimes shortens them. Mm -hmm. But it was a blast to talk about oh, this volume. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> Yes. So, if any of you uh, listening, if you enjoy our content, please follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga. And if you like this episode, please share it around with anyone that you think might also enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time, where we'll talk about Volume 15. Bye bye. Goodbye. shower.